I think better wearing lipstick. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, my dear. Today's podcast was inspired by this lovely listener submission. Good morning, Hillary. My name is Claire. And one of the questions that I have is, what did you do for yourself to stop comparison, period? I respect everyone's own journey and am always actually happy for other people that they are achieving what they've wanted, whether it's in love or a job or running a marathon, but I still find myself comparing, wondering what you did to help with that, if that indeed is anything that ever happened to you. Thank you. Um, yes, that's happened to me, Claire. It happens to me all the time, actually. <laughs> Mostly, to be honest, because of a little thing called Instagram. May have heard of it. So what do you do when you are scrolling through Instagram or in some way just going about your life having a perfectly happy, ordinary day, and suddenly you see a post, you get some news, you get a text message, you hear some information, and are hit with jealousy or comparison. It's maybe an announcement that they're speaking at a big conference, the kind that you wish you were invited to speak at, and you suddenly feel this panic that maybe you're falling behind. Other people are getting ahead. Just through seeing what someone else is doing, suddenly you have this thought that wasn't occurring to you the rest of the day. Am I behind? Should I be working harder? Should I be further? It could be a pregnancy announcement. And for yet another month, you just got your period yesterday. And it's like, why is this happening to everyone but me? I have never seen more people in my life get pregnant than I have in the last few months when I've been trying desperately and it's just not happening. Why is it happening to everyone else? Is it just me? Or does it seem like half the people I'm following on Instagram are suddenly getting pregnant left and right? You see that she just got a Broadway show, which feels incredibly unfair because she's already been in one and you never have. And she's married. So how come she gets to be married and have two Broadway shows and you are single and have no Broadway shows? This feels so cosmically unfair. Or you don't even remember who this person is or why you started following their account. You probably came across it at some point. It was pretty pictures. You hit follow. But now this person whose name you don't even remember is floating in the ocean off Spain and you are stuck in a cubicle in a job you hate or sprinting through your day trying to keep your small business afloat or holding a screaming toddler and totally exhausted and you have not showered in days? Why do some people get lives that are so glamorous and relaxing and feel so far from what your reality is? And also, that girl is in a swimsuit and she is tall and she is thin and she looks like one of those people that never had to work on her weight and you feel like your entire life has been trying hard to lose weight and you still aren't there. And then the next photo that you see is of a birthday dinner from last night. Why wasn't I invited to that? I'm friends with those people. If I was having a birthday, I would have invited them. I thought we were closer. Why wasn't I there? Now I'm feeling this jealousy or comparison about people in my own life that I am not as included with. So I'm not sure that I know anyone personally who is so evolved that they still do not experience comparison and jealousy. 
But just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal and good as in we should accept it because it does indeed steal joy. Even, like Claire said, when you promise you really are a nice, good person who is happy for other people, you're not being a curmudgeon, you don't wish bad things on other people, but you still can't help that it just comes up feeling like, I'm jealous, I'm envious, I wish I had that thing, or in comparison to what they have, I now feel less happy and less satisfied with what I have. So I'm going to share six things today that I find for myself help me to overcome these moments and these feelings more gracefully. And I'm going to go from easiest to hardest. So number one, I would say the easiest is gratitude. We know this one, but I find that we do not strengthen this muscle enough. You immediately start listing what you're grateful for, everything that's good. Because what happens in that moment is you have that one thought of lack and you can fight that with 10 thoughts of enoughness or abundance. What immediately comes up is the one thing you don't have. I'm not at that speaking event. I am not in that ocean right now. And now we're fixated on one thing that we don't have. And we have the power without having to do anything else to simply say, what are 10 things that I do have to shift our brain from that lack and scarcity mentality to the reality, which is we do have a lot of wonderful things in our life. Whoever we are, we have enough, we have abundance, and we can simply make that mental shift. Number two is unfollow. Unfollow, do not stalk, do not stalk your ex, do not stalk the ex's new girlfriend or boyfriend. This sounds really hard, but actually is really easy. It might be something that is easy to say. In practice, it actually is really hard, it feels like, to be like, I'm not going to stalk, but I want to stalk. And I know so many people who go down the rabbit trail of stalking. I will be honest, this is one of those areas I have never really struggled with because I just know, like, this is not going to make me feel any better. Why would I torture myself. I think for me, this is probably a pride thing. I just have too much pride to sit there and be willing to stalk someone else. But why do you torture yourself stalking that ex, stalking their new girlfriend, stalking that person that you are competitive with, that you are jealous with, and you're going in and Googling, you're going and looking on their accounts to see what they're up to, hoping that you're going to see that what they're up to isn't good. But no one ever posts that things aren't good unless things are really bad. Like, I just found out my mother has cancer. Well, that's not going to make you feel any better, right? You're like, oh, good. My ex's mom has cancer. That doesn't make me feel better about what's happening in his life. So people are only going to share the really bad things that, like Claire and me and you, we're nice people. We're not looking for those things. You just want to hear, like, He's kind of lonely now that you guys aren't together. Well, he's not going to put that on Instagram. So we're not going to find what we're looking for there. And you will never feel better by finding out what those people are up to. And I am so passionate about using the unfollow button. I have said this previously. If I am someone who ever triggers you that you're like, I just it's so hard for me that I don't have a successful business yet and I'm single and I'm just so jealous of Hillary because now she's a newlywed and she has a successful business. If if I am bringing up those feelings when you see my Instagram, hit the unfollow button. I will not be offended. I've been at events where people have come to me and said, 
hey, this is super random, but you you told me one time that it was like I had permission to unfollow when people weren't helping me. And you're you're one of those people I unfollowed. And I will give that person a hug. I'm like, I am so proud of you for being so emotionally healthy. That's amazing. Because I don't need that one more follower if it's ultimately making you unhappy. And I am so surprised by people who will talk about someone that is driving them crazy. And I'm like, the only reason you know these things you know about them is because you have been on their social media. You are on their website reading their blog. You are on their emails. If there is anyone that bothers you, then unfollow them. You can even just mute someone. You don't even have to be like, oh, it was an aggressive unfollow. Instagram now has that mute button. Or if you don't want to be like, oh, I'm afraid they'll see that I I unsubscribed from their newsletter, just filter it to your archive folder. But know that you have control that if someone consistently is triggering you, you don't have to, it's not aggressive and wishing them ill to be like, I'm cutting you out of my life. It can just be, I really am glad that your life is going great, but sometimes it just makes me feel sad. And there's just, it doesn't matter enough to you that I'm following you. I just need to do what's good for me. And I'm just going to mute you. I'm just going to filter these to archive and you're never even going to know it. Number three is make up a horrible story. This might sound twisted. I don't know, but I think it's better than thinking it's all perfect. This is what I do when an Uber driver is really rude or someone leaves a negative comment. It's not that I think that they are bad or I'm wishing bad upon them. It's more that I try to come from a place of empathy. So I remember this one time I was in Marseille, France, and this guy on the train platform, like this train conductor, was so rude to me and my blood was boiling. And I was on this train just being like, this guy, da 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 And what I just came up with was like, his wife emasculates him. He has an overbearing wife who makes him feel like this tall when he's at home. And so therefore he comes to work and he just takes out his anger and aggression on unsuspecting women that have done nothing wrong because he doesn't have the courage to stand up to his wife at home. Like I just came up with this story of, you know, something bad is happening for him. I got in the, um, the wrong Uber the um, the last time, actually, that I was coming to the podcast studio to record. I've never done that before, but I got in the wrong car and I realized a couple minutes in, like, sir, I think I'm in the wrong car. And then the guy who was supposed to be in his car called and he was on speaker and the guy was chewing out the driver. He was so angry. And I'm in the back seat being like, excuse me, sir, this is the other passenger. It was my fault. Please don't yell at the driver. But this guy was being level 10 ridiculous and how upset he was at this driver. And I just said, you know what? Maybe he's struggling at work and he's afraid he's going to get fired and now he's going to be late and it just feels like, you know, one last drop. So for me, when someone leaves a negative comment, it's not even my making up something wild about their reality. I just know the truth is they're not happy. No, no one who is just happy and having a normal day goes on someone else's Instagram to like leave a ranty comment. If they see something that they disagree with, they're just like, eh, what ifs? Like, and they just move on. So When you see someone's life being idyllic, you can give yourself a fictional story that maybe they have a sick parent or are in therapy working through something really hard from their childhood. The reality is simply that their life is not perfect. And even if what you've made up isn't their actual reality, they are fighting a hard battle somewhere or they have fought one, or they will fight one. And I think it's this idea of flipping it to to the opposite of 
their life is more perfect than mine. Their life is way better than mine. And even if it is creating a fictional story, again, you are not wishing this upon them, but I think it puts your heart in a place of empathy rather than uh, they are perfect, remembering they're probably going through hard things too, just like I am. And I can come up with a story, even if it's fictional, it is based in reality that there surely is something hard behind the scenes. And that helps me to now see them on my same level with we are both humans and we both have high highs and low lows. Number four is see wins as promise. See anything good that you see someone else experiencing, having that you wish you had and were experiencing as, oh my gosh, look at what's possible. I can celebrate what is possible. Look for proof that this means these things can and do happen. When it comes to business, if you find yourself feeling competition over, oh my gosh, somebody else is doing what I'm doing, or they they came into my industry, they started a program similar to mine, or they opened up a business similar to mine, or I'm just feeling in general competition and scarcity. I'm feeling fear over, I don't know if I want to start this business because what if other people are doing the same thing? Well, look at broader culture. Look at how many talk shows and musicians and TV shows there are that are all incredibly successful. There are so many people on the planet out there who want to enjoy different things that there is evidence in the broader picture that Apple doesn't have the market on everything. Nike doesn't have the market on everything. There can be major big businesses and there are still people that create computers and shoes. So on a big macro level, look at what's possible. There is totally all the room. And on a more micro level, look at Hillary and Dean Street Society of, you know what? There are other people who do business coaching and teach social media and are stylists and have podcasts. But her business is thriving. She's doing great and living in a beautiful apartment and has an amazing team. When these other people have come on the scene and done these same things, it hasn't taken anything from her. There are billions of people on the planet. There is enough room. I'm going to look for evidence of what is possible. When it comes to love, for example, I had two close girlfriends in my life that really helped inspire this for me when I met Jeremy. And when we were in our engagement phase, both of them said to me, I really am feeling so encouraged by your love story that you got married later than you wanted to. You were single for a long time. You really put yourself out there. You didn't settle. And you met this incredible guy, the kind of guy that I can fear doesn't exist. Someone who is single and awesome and not weird and hot and loves Jesus and is in his 30s and and all of these things, this thing that can seem like, oh, I don't know if that exists. But seeing you get it instead of that making me feel like, oh, man, there was only one and she got it. Instead, I'm writing in my journal this is amazing. This is proof that it actually exists. And I am choosing to see your win as an encouragement that what I want is indeed possible. They chose the mindset that my getting it did not mean they weren't going to get it. It actually meant there was even more encouragement and promise and visual of the fact that they could and would and what that would look like. When it comes to pregnancy, this is something really dear to Um, My heart, I have had a lot of friends that have been going through um, miscarriages and trying to get pregnant um, over the last few years. So even though that's not my story, it's, it's one that I've walked through so closely. And I know that it can be really painful when you're on Instagram and you are just seeing 
birth announcement after birth announcement. But you can choose or you can try out what is it like if every one of those I see as proof that people can get pregnant, hope that I will get pregnant. And I see it not as someone got this and I didn't, but yes, another person got this. I know that this is possible. I know this thing that I want can work. Look at these people that are having this after miscarriages just like I did. I can take that as encouragement and I can come from that place. I can declare that win as my win. I can speak as if. God, I am so excited that this is going to be my story. I am so excited by all these women I see getting pregnant after miscarriage, and I know that that is going to be our story. And thank you for putting these women in my path that would give me hope that it happens all the time and therefore it can and will happen to me. Number five is the 50-50 rule. And this is something that has come into my life recently that I'm still sort of pondering and noodling on, but I really enjoy sharing things when I'm still working through them. I try to not wait until I feel like I have all the answers on something because let's be honest, none of us has all the answers and we're still going to be evolving on things. So this is a newer concept for me that I'm working at. This is the idea that more or less life is 50-50 good and bad, and it's 50-50 good and bad for all of us. I right now am at my happiest that I've ever been. I have so many wonderful things happening in my life. And I have still struggled with anxiety during this period. My life is not all good or all bad. I can see that at any moment there is good and bad. You might watch my Instagram and think, oh my gosh, look how amazing her life is. I'm just looking at the highlights of her wedding and her beautiful new apartment. But then you come over and listen to the first couple episodes of the podcast, and you're like, man, I didn't know what hard things she had gone through. I didn't know that she was overcoming anxiety. So I see in my own life that there is more of that balance of there being good and bad. And it's something that I've thought about throughout my life at times when you know, being married was something that was really a pain point for me for a long time. I knew that it was something I wanted in my life. And, um, knew that it was something that I wasn't guaranteed. And um, so there was a lot of of fear around it and um, not wanting to be single, wanting to be in love, wanting to meet someone. But I was aware how often there would be someone that I had felt jealous of for having gotten married and the fact that she got married before me and she was beautiful and she was successful and all of these things. And then I would find out that her husband had had an affair. And that is something that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And it would just bring me back to this sort of awareness that not everything was her life is fully perfect and mine is not. There, there is this balance. It would bring me back to that humility of something amazing is happening for her. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to be all amazing. It's always going to be better for her than it is for me. And ultimately, would I trade my story for theirs. There may have been a moment when I thought, I wish that I could be in her shoes because I saw the good. But ultimately, behind the scenes, everyone also has bad. And I feel like we are comfortable with the bad that we know. And if you actually knew someone else's behind the scenes, you you wouldn't trade it. You might think when you just see the good, I would totally trade places with her because she is successful and she's married. But then when you hear a few years later that there was this unfortunate affair, you realize, oh, wait, if I took her good, I'd also have to take her bad. 
And I'm so grateful that I haven't had to walk through that pain. Never mind. I'm happy with the good and the bad that I have. Back when there were the shootings this spring, there was um, a shooting in uh, a terrorist attack in Sri Lanka at a Catholic church. And I remember being really struck by the story that the founder of ASOS, which is a clothing brand, a billionaire, he would absolutely be categorized as being in that incredible good category. Three of his four children were killed in that attack. And that was such extreme bad. And it was right around the time that I had first sort of heard this idea of what if life is 50-50 good and bad? What if part of our pain comes because we are trying to make life be 99% good and we think everyone else's life is 99% good? And that's actually unrealistic. And so I wondered in that time, does such high highs also mean low lows? I kind of went into um, the place of concern. If you've seen the Sex and the City movie, when Charlotte is pregnant, she had struggled with infertility for a long time. She had gone through a bad marriage. She now is married to a great man. She has gotten pregnant naturally, and she's experiencing a lot of fear at What if it gets taken away? I got everything I wanted. Life is so good. It can't stay this good, right? And in her case, it's that she's afraid to go running, which is something that she loved. And Carrie says to her, like, but if your doctor, like, did your doctor say you could go running? She's like, yes. And she's like, but why aren't you? And it finally comes out, like, I just, I'm, she's so afraid that something might go wrong that she's kind of holding herself back. And so I sort of pondered, and, and I realized that I was in that place that, I I was so happy. I am so happy um, being a newlywed. I'm so blessed that I'm married. We live in this amazing apartment. My company is phenomenal. And I realized then I was having this anxiety on the other side of like, almost like, what if it gets taken away? Or when I was hearing this principle, what if I shouldn't get too comfortable having the good? Because the fact that I have more good than other people, does that mean that I could have more bad than other people? But the shooting that preceded the one in Sri Lanka, which was in Christchurch in a mosque, and unfortunately the uh, Sri Lanka one was a retaliation from that, I heard a story on a podcast about a perfectly average normal family who lost multiple people in that attack. And it just reminded me that, no, there is no cosmic scale, that the more good you have, the more bad you have. Instead, I think that it's simply the the peaceful, humanitarian element that we all have good and bad. We will all have better and we will all have worse. And I think it's more about being empowered, feeling freedom, that we aren't striving for that 100% happiness. That 100% perfection, that isn't life. Life is going to be closer to 50-50. And when we can come from that perspective, we now can realize someone else may have what looks like better, quote unquote, right now, but there's another time when they're going to have worse. I don't wish that upon them, but it allows me to have peace and remember, actually, instead of this being a competition or a race, this is just incredible empathy that comparison and jealousy comes up when we think someone has better. And I don't think ultimately that's true. We all have good. We all have bad. We all have enough. There is enough joy and success and love for everyone. 
And we can all empathize with heartbreak. And I think when we can see that throughout humanity and when you can look at some of those bigger things like what happens to this family in Christchurch? What happens to this family in Sri Lanka? When I can think bigger picture about how I can see that everyone has this good and bad, and it doesn't matter that it, wh- how much good you had, it doesn't protect you from the bad, it doesn't give you more bad, that then allows me to go back to that one Instagram post that is triggering you today and just remember her life or his life and your life and my life, we all have 50-50, and we see and share far more of the highlights and the good parts publicly but reminding ourselves there is still the bad behind the scenes and everyone is ultimately fighting a hard battle. And then finally, number six is what does this tell you? What does this tell you? Whatever you are jealous of teaches you something about what it is you want. And that coming up allows you to ask, so what can I do to get more of it? So jealousy and comparison make us feel unempowered. But you've heard me say, I believe we are all way more empowered than we think. So if you feel jealous of the marriage, instead of that making you feel disempowered, like she's married, I'm not, there's nothing I can do about that. That's As soon as I feel that jealousy or comparison, that's the mindset I'm in. There's nothing I can do about it. My life is worse. It sucks to be me. It would be better to be her. But instead, we actually can make the choice to say, oh, now that I have that thought, what it really is teaching me is I want to be married. So what can I do to take action to be closer to the life I want? I can go to therapy, which I talked about in, I think it was episode six on dating. I think going to therapy is one of the best things you can do when you're single because it just means you're going to have an even better relationship once you get into it um, to be going now. I can become a healthier, more joyful person so that I am, again, an even better person. Not that I'm single because I'm not amazing now, but I'm going to be even better and that person is going to be even better. We're going to be even more amazing when we do come together. You can travel and be grateful that you aren't juggling the baby. You can make weekend plans and be grateful that you don't have to check in with anyone. You can go to more social events to meet more people. You can write out prayers of thanks for the life you are going to have, declare it and choose hope. But there are actions you can take and you can notice if your thoughts are all disempowering. Ugh, she's yet another person that got engaged and I'm still single And I hate going on those apps because I never find anyone. And I'm not going to meet the kind of person that I want to meet on those apps anyways. And disempower and disempower and disempower. And we go down that funnel instead of, oh, another person got engaged. Oh, yeah. That means I really want to be in a relationship. What am I doing to make that happen in my life and to be more positive and proactive in making that happen? Because my sitting here and sulking sure isn't going to get me any closer to it. What does it tell you if you are comparing your business to someone else? Ask yourself, why does it matter when you see this thing and you feel jealousy or comparison? Okay, so what if I had been invited to that event? Well, I would have had to put together a speech, which would have taken me away from the work that I'm doing right now, which actually I'm really loving. And I'm definitely making more money for my business in what I'm doing right now than if I'd gone to that speech. And I would have had to pack and go all the way to the airport and travel there and be away for the weekend. And I loved this weekend. I was at home and 
I was seeing friends, I was able to go to this party and that party. And so actually, now that I think about it, if they'd asked me to speak, I probably would have said no. (laughs) And I'm glad that I didn't have to go to that event. And I'm glad I didn't have to prepare that speech. And what happened is in that moment, I let myself feel like I want to feel special, successful, important, wanted, a part of things, whatever. And actually, when I break it down, no, what I want is actually what I have right now, which is to be doing the work that I'm doing, to be in the environment that I'm in. You might see a community of colleagues. You see a group of people that are friends and they're hanging out and you're thinking, man, I wish I could be in that inner circle of people. And then you realize, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that I want community, but it means I want to be included, invited. But actually, what I'm really craving are other, you know, high-powered corporate women like myself that are also moms. And none of those women are moms. And I know that's really what I want is someone that gets both of those parts of my life. So really, maybe I just need to create that or I can create that. I can reach out to people. I can make those connections. What I want is to have that in my life. I'm just thinking I want this group because they're the one that popped up on my IG stories. But actually, it's not them necessarily that I want to be friends with. It's just bringing up for me that I'm craving community and there's something that I can do about that. You might see someone having something amazing in their business, but you also know that they, let's say, just went through a divorce. And you ask yourself, would I trade places with her? Let's say she has a New York Times bestseller. And she just went through a divorce. And you're like, man, I want a New York Times bestseller. But would I trade places with her if I had to take the good and the bad? No. So what does that actually tell me? It tells me that having a successful business is not the most important thing to me. As much as I think in that moment I'm jealous that she has a successful book and this title and this accolade, it can tell me when I really explore it, what matters most to me is my personal life and my family and having peace and stability there. So I actually don't want that book as much as I think I do. I wouldn't be willing to sacrifice everything. And, oh, great, that can just be a helpful reframe for today to help me remember that what matters most to me is my family over my business. What does it tell you if you're feeling jealousy over friends? That you desire more community. So what can you do about that? Text someone and make plans. Send out a few Text messages, see if anybody can hang out this weekend. If they're not available, make a plan for the next time. Text some friends that you love them and appreciate them. Not even that you have to make a plan. You know that they're busy right now. You know that they're out of town. But what you really want is not even just social plans. You want connection. So you can connect with someone just by reaching out and telling them that you love them. I heard someone say the other day, sometimes when something, when they get criticized, for example, they get like a negative comment in their business. They have friends that they know they can text and say, I just need to feel loved right now. Will you text me back that you love me? And those friends that are like, yes, like this isn't, I don't think this is weird. We've talked about this. And this is something we do for each other. We just say like, we're having a hard day. We can just be like, I need to feel loved. And we can just be like, I'm going to blow up your phone with some happy gifts and some great emojis. And you're just going to be like, see, I have friends. I didn't need to let that one thing over there make me feel like I don't. What it really taught me is I want connection. I crave that. And therefore, what I can do is turn around and go look for that connection that I already have in my life, or I can reach out and create more of it. So be curious when you feel that jealousy or comparison. You're like, huh, feeling envious right now. What does that mean? And what can I do about it? 
And back to the top, remember, you can always unfollow. You can choose your boundaries. So actually, let me recap these six more one more time. So number one was gratitude. Number two, unfollow. Don't stalk. Number three, make up a horrible story or just consider what the downside likely is behind the scenes. Number four, look at the upside. See the wins as promise of what is possible. Number five, remember that everyone's life is pretty much 50-50 good and bad. And number six, ask yourself, what does this tell me? So in other words, putting those six steps into action, when you see or hear that thing that triggers you, you think, God, I am so grateful that I get to work for myself, that I have a business that helps people. I've seen this picture over here that's making me feel jealous that somebody else is having something in their business that I don't have, but I'm going to focus on all the things that I do have. And I'm just going to prattle off that gratitude. And I, you know what? I'm going to mute this person on Instagram. I don't even have to unfollow. I can come back if I want, but why not just hide it? I mean, am I really, is my life really better because I'm seeing it? Maybe it's just worth a try to just mute them and create a, a little bit of that boundary. And although they just had this amazing success, maybe they have a sick parent. I'm sure it's not all perfect, and I am so thankful that my parents are healthy. I hope theirs are too, but I'm sure there's something behind the scenes that they're walking through. Or even just, you know, it looks so cool in this photo to be at that event, but I'm so thankful that I wasn't preparing a speech because I'm so much more excited by what I'm working on right now, and I'm so thankful I didn't have to pack and get to the airport and be away because I love my new home. Plus, how cool that because our businesses are so similar, if I want, I absolutely can be speaking at an event like that. And I probably will one day. Look at what's possible. How amazing. And again, great things are happening for her and for me. And neither of us have perfect lives. She doesn't have any more good. It's just different. And we probably also have equal bad. And I know my bad. So... I'm going to choose that. I'm sure that the hard things she's gone through, I actually wouldn't trade. And ultimately, what this tells me is I want to feel, I don't know, successful. Is that what's coming up for me when I see this photo of this person speaking at this event? Well, if I want to feel successful, I am successful. Huh, why don't I feel successful? Or why did this make me feel less successful? Maybe I'm not celebrating that enough. Maybe I'm allowing the negative thoughts in my mind and the scarcity and the length of my to-do list to be more prevalent in my thoughts than how successful I am and how successful I will be. That's why I have the goals that I'm working on. Our, Our company is growing. My life is moving forward. Things are getting better. So I'm on the right path. I'm actually doing awesome. <laughs> so it's self-talk, but it's with wisdom and intention. It's not just random positive affirmation. It's looking honestly at yourself and at the world. It's noticing how others and your own mind make you feel. And then ask yourself, what could I do to feel better right now? Legitimately, what could you do right now after listening to this podcast to go make yourself feel better? You could get organized or finish a task, make social plans, go for a walk, get an ice cream cone and celebrate some win while listening to music and picturing yourself as the star of your own Taylor Swift music video, which 
might just be the way I would do it. But listening to this podcast, as much as it is amazing, and I love that you're here, it doesn't count as action. This is wisdom, encouragement, knowledge, empathy, sisterhood, brotherhood. But your life will only change when you put this into action. So go do something today that gets you closer to the life you want. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is ordering both the audiobook and the tangible book of nonfiction books that I really want to dive into. Yes, that can sound a little bit excessive because you are, in essence, buying the same book twice. But is the book really worth it if I buy it and then ultimately never read it? or listen to it, but don't remember it. So I was organizing our books as we moved into our new house and figuring out where they were going to go. And we put a bunch up in the living room, but I wanted to hold out all the ones that I have yet to read. I didn't want them up there I wanted where I was going to forget about them. I wanted to put them in a stack of here's the ones I own that I haven't read yet. Well, I had a couple novels. Great. I read those before I go to bed at night. I fly through those. I read really quickly. But I have a big stack of nonfiction books that I want to read. And I struggle with those because I don't have a clear place in my life when I read those. I listen to a lot of podcasts, as I am imagining that you do as well. Um, And so I love having the fact that I can listen to something and multitask. I can be putting on my makeup. I can be getting ready. I can be walking down the street. I can be on the subway. I can be working out. So I'm able to listen to things. But I find that when I really want to remember information, when I listen to an audiobook, I it doesn't stick. For me, if I can visually see it, if I can underline it, if I can go or highlight it, and if I can go back later and revisit it, that's how I really get the information in. And there's sometimes when you listen to or read something where you're like, cool, I got that. Like, that was fine. But there's other times when you're like, I genuinely want to add this to my life. I'm reading this medical health wellness book, and I don't just want to read it. I want to actually implement it in my life. But if I only have the tangible book, I'm never going to get very far, at least based on my personal bookshelf. I've got all these books that I got like a quarter of the way into and then didn't go back to it. And then a few months later, I got excited about a new book. And then I've got all these nonfiction health books that I've gotten a quarter of the way through. Um, I have the same with like, organization or action step, like, you know, business, that kind of, you know, doing less, those sorts of books where it's like, I'm, I don't actually sit down and read them from cover to cover. But if I just listen to the audiobook of them, then I don't have any of the action steps there. So I listened, but I didn't actually, as I said before this PS, go and take action. So a great example was I listened to the audiobook of a Enneagram book because I, none of the tests were working for me and I couldn't figure out what my Enneagram type was. It was so helpful, figured out my type. Well, six months later, I finally got Jeremy to take the test and figure out what his type was. Well, now that I know his type... I want to go back. I want to like, I want to re- reread his type. I want to him to reread my type. So now I'm realizing I should just go and buy the book because I don't know where to go find that and the audiobook. I actually want to like read it and underline it and take notes. So sounds a little bit nerdy, but when there is something in your life that you really want to synthesize, I think it can be great to say, you know what? I know that I'm spending 20 bucks and 20 bucks ultimately on this book, but ultimately, 
that is worth it if I'm going to implement this information in my life to make my body healthier, my mind healthier, to learn this knowledge. So you're just going to double up on your reading and your listening to get nerdy with it. So if you want to ask a question like Claire did at the top of this episode, come on over to hillaryrushford.com slash pod VIP. That's my name, dot com slash pod as in podcast, VIP as in you. And you can email or record a voice memo and submit a response to a podcast that you've listened to, a follow-up question, or a totally new topic you would love for us to cover. And in the meantime, if you got something out of today's episode and it blessed you, I would be so incredibly grateful and honored if you would swipe up and leave a review on iTunes. Those truly help so many more people to find this podcast, to know that it is going to be worthy of their time. And if you believe in the content that is here, It is completely free. It is my gift to you. I only ask that you help me pay it forward and bless more people in the world. So I will see you next Wednesday with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday. 